I am Grandpa, and I love you. I'm Grandma, and I love you too. Welcome to our podcast, Grandpa and Grandma Bedtime Stories. We share some stories that will make you laugh. We share stories that might make you cry. And we share stories that will give you courage to choose the right. And these bedtime stories will help you to dream sweet dreams. So get on your pajamas and say your prayers. Turn out the light and hear our story tonight. One of the questions that we all get at one time or another is, what is your first memory? Or what is your earliest memory? Has anyone asked you that? Think about it. What is your earliest memory? Today, March 9th, 2022, I, Edward Jeffrey Hill, will answer that question by telling you a story of when I was born and what happened in the first two years of my life. This story is based as much as possible in the facts as related to me by my parents and others. But I will tell you right now that sometimes I may have stretched objective reality a little to make a good story. Here we go. I am blessed to have two great parents. My mom is Ladine Jones, the daughter of Thomas D'Alton and Anna McElpring Jones, born on June 17, 1927, in Blanding, Utah. She was a cute baby, definitely the cutest member of her family, and she grew into a beautiful woman. Blanding is in San Juan County, and San Juan County is in the southeast corner of Utah, near the big city of, um, mm-hmm. well, actually, there are no big cities anywhere nearby. It's in the middle of a desert of huge, beautiful red rocks. My mom's dad, my grandpa Jones, was a sheep herder who made his living with sheep and cattle on a ranch. He was respected by his community and was elected to the Utah State Legislature in the 1940s. His father was my great-grandpa, Cuman Jones, who led the Mormon pioneers from Cedar City through the hole in the rock to settle San Juan County. Gerald Lund wrote a historical novel called The Undaunted that has a lot about Cuman Jones in it. I recommend that you read it. My mom's mom, my grandma Jones, was the very first white child ever born in San Juan County. Before her, only Native American babies had been born in that area. My mom died on June 2, 2014, in Rexburg, Idaho. My dad is Edward Iring Hill, the son of Reuben Lorenzo Hill and Mary Theresa Snow, and he was born on June 5, 1928. He is actually a second cousin to Henry Iring, who is presently in the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My dad's dad, my grandpa Hill, earned a Ph.D. in chemistry from Cornell University in New York in the early 1910s. That was quite unusual in those days. He was the chair of the chemistry department at Utah State Agricultural College in Logan, Utah. My dad's mom, my grandma Hill, was the granddaughter of church apostle Erastus Snow, who, along with Orson Pratt, was first to enter the Salt Lake Valley on July 22, 1847. That was two days before Brigham Young entered the valley. Amazing. My grandma Hill wrote a book about the Book of Mormon for young readers called Stories from the Book of Mormon. 
I have found several copies of it online and would be happy to loan it to you and read it with you whenever you want. Grandma Hill had a strong testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ and had seen visions. When she was really old, about my age now, she lived with us because she had had a stroke. I remember her telling me many stories. I remember she said that she was baptized when she was seven years old. I couldn't believe that. But I looked at the dates, and indeed, she was baptized and confirmed five days before her eighth birthday. Mom and Dad met at the Utah State Agricultural College, graduated at the same time in sociology, and in 1950, both moved to New York City. Dad earned his master's degree at Columbia University, and Mom worked at an office that insured taxicab drivers. They had fun dating in New York. Mom and Dad got engaged on New Year's Eve as the ball dropped in Times Square to welcome in 1951. They got married on August 1st, 1951 in the Logan Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What a happy day that was. Dad's occupational ambition was to become a prison warden. How fun! However, Mom had other ideas. She didn't want to raise her kids in a prison. Dad relented, and instead of starting their marriage at a correctional facility, they moved to the resort town of Santa Cruz, California, where Dad taught fifth grade. Their first apartment was in Saltaire Court, right across from the beach and the boardwalk. This is a place where many people go on vacation. Have you ever been there? If not, you should visit it someday. It is so fun. They have a big wooden roller coaster and other fun rides. Dad loved to body surf in the ocean waves. I'd have to say that that beats prison life. Dad never wanted to live in a place where it snowed. That's why he picked Santa Cruz for his first job. He taught fifth grade at Bayview Elementary School, appropriately named because it looked out over Monterey Bay. Mom worked as a social worker, helping people who were having bad luck. She was always kind and compassionate to those needing help. They decided to make their honeymoon last a long time, so they rented a motel room at Saltaire Court, right on the beach for eight months. Since it wasn't tourist season, they got a good rate. In August 1952, Mom discovered she was pregnant with her first child. By the way, that was me. How exciting! for both of us. There was no doubt she was pregnant because she got really sick. She was very nauseated and threw up frequently. Sometimes she got so sick, she got a little crazy. Everyone was so grateful when on April 7, 1953, she was ready for me to be born. When she started feeling regular contractions, mom and dad drove up the hill to Sisters Hospital, which is run by Catholic nuns and overlooks the surfers near the Santa Cruz boardwalk. In those days, fathers couldn't be with the mothers when the baby was born, so Dad waited with his friend Emery Jarrett. When the time was close for me to be born, the doctors gave Mom general anesthesia, which made her unconscious. That made it so it didn't hurt, but it wasn't quite so good for me. When I was born, I was so drugged by that anesthesia that I was kind of blue and I didn't cry at all. The doctor then held me upside down, gave me a big swat on the bum, and then I started to cry. 
I got my first spanking when I was five seconds old. I must have been misbehaving at a very young age. Mom and Dad were so happy to have a practically perfect little boy. The doctor told my mom, he's got wide shoulders. He'll be a great athlete one day. Too bad it wasn't true. The week after I was born, Dad got a nice letter from the United States Air Force. Apparently, they liked him a lot because it said he was to report immediately for active duty at Amarillo Air Force Base in Texas. At that time, the United States was fighting a war to protect South Korea from an invasion by North Korea and China. The Air Force needed Dad to help. Dad was not thrilled to get this letter. He was in the middle of teaching a wonderful fifth-grade class. He had a practically perfect new baby boy. How could he leave his class? How could he leave his practically perfect son who was only a week old? He decided he couldn't leave. But if he didn't go, the government could put him in jail. He didn't want to go to prison as an inmate. What was he to do? What would you do? Well, my dad is really smart. The same day he got the not-so-nice letter from the Air Force, he wrote his own letter back, telling them about his class at school and his practically perfect little baby boy. He told them it wouldn't be good for the country for him to leave immediately. He asked if the Air Force could change their mind about his coming. He went right to the post office and sent the letter special delivery. Back in those days, there was no email, there was no texting, there was no FaceTime, and phone calls were very expensive. There was just plain mail, but you could send it special delivery and it would get there faster. In just a couple of days, he got a special delivery back. Mom and Dad held their breath as they opened and read the letter. What did the letter say? It said, Dad, you have to go to jail. No, it didn't say that. Just kidding. It was good news. It said something like, Congratulations on the birth of your practically perfect baby boy. But we still need your help. But you can wait until after the school year is over, until your baby is two months old. Report to Amarillo Air Force Base on June 15, 1953. So, in the middle of June, when I was two months old, my parents packed up everything they owned into their 1953 Ford station wagon and relocated from the paradise of Santa Cruz, California to the desolation of Amarillo, Texas. They drove during a heat wave, and the temperature was often more than 100 degrees. This was before cars had air conditioning, and it was before cars had seat belts, and before cars had variable-speed windshield wipers, and before cars had airbags, and before bucket seats, and even before there were car seats for babies. In those days, cars were basically four tires and an engine. So on this trip, Mom held me in the front seat and tried to keep me happy while Dad drove the car with the windows down. Mom was nursing and didn't think to give me any extra water on the trip. I got very thirsty and coped by sleeping most of the time. Mom and Dad were happy about this, but then they worried because I didn't pee in my diaper for two full days. Apparently, I was very dehydrated. Frankly, I am glad I made the trip without dying. And if I had died, none of my children or grandchildren would be alive today. 
at least in their present form. So you can be glad that I didn't die on that trip. Okay, we are finally in the part of the story when I will tell you about my earliest memory. In Amarillo, Texas, I learned how to smile, sit up, crawl, and at 10 months, I learned to walk. I love to explore and get into absolutely everything. I kind of drove mom crazy. She would patiently tell me what I could do and what I could not do, but I didn't listen to her. Or perhaps I was too young to understand what she was saying. Anyway, to help with money for the family and to help with her sanity, Mom got a job as a social worker in Pantex, Texas, near Amarillo. With Dad helping to save the country in the Air Force and Mom's work, they were able to save up money for a new car. Mom couldn't take me with her to work, so she took me to a nice lady named Mrs. Swings. Mom told me I loved going there every day. There was so much to explore. Mrs. Swinks had lots of toys, and she tended several of their children. What I loved most was her sandbox, her glorious sandbox. I was too young to really build anything in there, but I loved to pick up handfuls of sand and throw them in the air. Mrs. Swinks told me not to do that, but I did it anyway. I loved to pick up handfuls of sand and throw them at other children. Mrs. Swinks told me not to do that, but I did it anyway. I loved to pick up handfuls of sand and try to eat the sand. Mrs. Swinks told me not to do that, but I did it anyway. When Mom picked me up each day, I suspect I often had my hair full of sand, my clothes full of sand, my face full of sand, and my mouth full of sand. All of that I don't really remember. They are not my earliest memories. I am just telling you what I think happened based on what my mom told me. But now, da-da-da-da, now comes my earliest memory. I was about two years old. I was in the sandbox at Mrs. Swink's, and someone was trying to tackle me. I imagine I must have thrown a handful of sand at them and hit them. I ran to get away, but I tripped. I tripped hard. I tripped forcefully. My face, particularly my lip, smashed into the side of that hard wooden sandbox and ripped right open. Blood came gushing out. My earliest memory is remembering what that blood felt like. It felt warm and tasted salty, and it hurt a lot. The good news was that my blood was red, so I definitely was not an alien. I screamed with holy terror, loud enough for everyone in Texas to hear me. Mrs. Swinks came running, horrified at all the blood. And that's my first memory. I don't really remember anything else about it. Mom said that Mrs. Swinks called her at work, and she broke the speed limit to come to me. She rushed me to a doctor who sewed up my lip with lots of stitches so it wouldn't bleed anymore. I went home with a very sore lip and didn't sleep very well for a few days. And I got grouchy, and that made my mom grouchy. So, my young friends, let this be a lesson to you. When someone tells you not to throw sand at other people, listen, be obedient. It might save you from a very sore lip. Doing what's right, 
even when you don't feel like it, is a very important thing to learn when you're young. Let me say that again. Doing what's right, even when you don't feel like it, is a very important thing to learn when you're young. It's a very important thing for you to learn. But I ask you, if I had obeyed Mrs. Swinks, I wonder what my earliest memory would have been. Listen to other podcasts to hear Grandpa Hill's stories that have at least a basis in fact. We hope you enjoyed tonight's bedtime story. We hope you felt our love for you. And we hope you will have sweet dreams tonight. We love you so much.